Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Greetings, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Big Apple Hockey, where... You know, we're going to have a great quick show because I am working tonight. And I am your host, Mark Williams, who uh, picked up the Wednesday night shift. Come on down, Boss Croakers. Wing night is tonight. It's always a great time. Joined by a man who I know from Boss Croakers, uh, Mr. John Volkowski. Isn't it funny how Boss Croakers is the formulation, really, of being Apple Hockey? It's yeah, amazing I mean, that you're talking about going there, and then it just ends up being the friggin' uh, the the reason why this whole thing kind of got together. But and definitely, uh, definitely happy that it's Wednesday. Means we're only one day away from Rangers hockey again. I'll be shoot back on tomorrow. Uh, I'll turn that over to the third member of our show. Yes, the Islander correspondent for the fourth period, Mr. Anthony Larocco. Uh, why? Why is the uh, the background all black today, Mark? You trying out something new here? Uh, where's the bla- background all black? Because I got That's the background a- right here. Really? I see on my on my end. It, there's just all black behind all of us. Not the typical. Uh, okay. oh, yeah, I think you're the only one that's seeing that, bud. All that's right, weird. so that's the good news. Yeah. All right. Well, that's, <laughs> that's, that's me then. All right. Well, I was getting strange. a little bit scared when you said that, Anthony. So it. Uh, <laughs> It's, yeah, I was, I was, you know, I'm like I meticulously trying I mean, to plan I, all this out. A little bit early for our Mark messed up to go there. But first things first, guys. Never even though I'm going to categorize it as breaking news, it's really not anymore. Uh, before we get to the A block, Ottawa Senators fire Pierre Dorian, and Steve Stales takes over as the new GM. Guys, this is after news that they were going to lose for a first round draft pick today. Uh, really quick, and just your thoughts on this, guys. Um, I'll I'll give the floor to Anthony first. Let Anthony have it. Um, I mean, obviously, I think everyone was surprised. I mean, no one really saw this coming. Uh, I think it's certainly a you know a reaction from the news today about having to forfeit you know a first round pick, you know, either this year or the following two years uh, for. The, the Donoff trade and how what all that was happened with that. Um, and I, I maybe a little bit of Pinto in the cap, but I think mostly it's probably losing the first round pick. But um, yeah, you know, Dorian out uh, again, surprised. Um, you know, this is a guy that's, you know, he he's he's had his ups and downs in his tenure in Ottawa for sure. Um, they've been a, a bad team for the majority of the, of those years. I mean, there were a couple of years where they got close with and they had Carlson and Stone, but then they went into a rebuild. Um, however, though, I'm, I look at this a little differently. I mean, I think Pierre Dorian, you know, look where the Senators are now. You know, he he added, you know, Brady Kachuk, and, you know, he swung the trade for Eric Carlson, which got them Josh Norris and ultimately Tim Stutzla. You know, he slimed Claude Giroux, j- drafted Jake Sanderson, 
you know, Batherson, uh, you know, he's got he's got all these guys and they got a formidable team now. So I think he's done a lot of good with turning that Senators franchise around from, you know, when he had the clean house, when he traded Carlson, Duchesne, uh, Carlson, Duchesne, Stone, you know, et cetera. So um, but at the same time, he's made some questionable decisions, too. So, again, um, I I am surprised by this, but I'm kind of like down the middle in terms of if it was warranted or not. To be truth be told, Philip, what do you think was it warranted? I mean, when you screw up a trade that badly, like something that's pretty basic, like getting a trade in before that deadline and and actually getting the deal done, and you lose a first round pick over it, <laughs> I, I'd imagine the owner is not going to be happy about that, or the president in that matter, because I mean, obviously they have to. They have to report to the president, who's right above them, and then the owner, who's above the president, above all. And he was not happy this afternoon. Oh, no. Not happy at all. So, uh, yeah, I I, I do think it's warranted to an extent. I mean, Anthony is right. Dorian has helped turn this team around. But Dorian also has a questionable past of making deals that are – not so good. Uh, can we can we just throw a name out there just to, for reference? Mika Zibanejad. Does that does that name sound familiar? Pierre Dorian was the one who authorized that trade to New York, and he's been kicking himself ever since because Mika Zibanejad has turned into an absolute superstar. And Derek Brassard is I don't even think in the league anymore. So he was um, there for one year. So yeah, he yeah. But again, it, it, Dorian's had a past. And this is kind of just a conglomerate of things coming together. And that's just the final straw for you know, Pierre Dorian in Ottawa. So I, I do think that he's going to get picked up by somebody else. The next team that ends up needing a general manager will probably go to Dorian because recently he's done well, like Anthony has said, for Ottawa. He's brought in a lot of young talent. Stutzla, uh, Norris, Kachuk, you know, Batherson. A lot of these guys are all Dorian's doing. So um, I, I, I do like what he did there. Sanderson, another another one that's all him. So I, I do think Dorian will get a job sooner than later somewhere else. Well, because if you draft, if you were drafted by Ottawa, you have a long term eight million dollar contract right now, unless your name is Shane Pinto. So <laughs> I, I, not really I, his fault, and not really his fault. But yeah. I'm sorry, Phil, you got the hammer with the restricted free agent. That that Shane Pinto thing is a nightmare. That's an absolute nightmare. And that's one thing I'll point to him and go, you should have handled that before you signed Vladimir Tarasenko. Willie Nylander. I mean, that, does, that, that's, does that nightmare sound familiar too? Yeah. And- I mean, Mark, that's that's certainly true based on Tarasenko's age and, and Pinto. But however, I mean, the early dividends is paying off as Tarasenko's has been off to a, a good start with Ottawa. He's, he's producing. Um, but I, I get your point, though. I mean, he you know, when he signed Tarasenko, that essentially – took up all the cap space he had left and wasn't able to sign Pinto. So a little bit of mismanagement there on his part, but um, you like, like Phil said, you, you can't play, blame the Pinto situation on him though. That's, that's not on him. Then who am I blaming it on? Uh, before we get uh, away from that, I, I wanted to so, go through this quickly. Who am I blaming it on then? Am all right. So, so Pinto, who, who take part Pinto? of the blame for mismanaging their cap. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that part of it, but Pinto wants money, and like you said, you put the hammer to the guy that doesn't have the leverage, right? That's Correct. what Dorian was doing. So 
while he when put Pinto him, looks around and sees everybody else getting paid. I, I understand that, but you're 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 just telling me in one sentence you want the GM to put the hammer on the player, correct? Correct. That's what he's doing. Both things can be true. And that's why I'm saying he only deserves some of the blame. Yeah, you know what? Fine. Let's blame Canada. We'll go to the South Park. <laughs> we'll blame Canada. Well, I mean, Mark, Mark, you want to say who who do you blame? Uh, you blame Pinto for, you know, doing something with gambling that wasn't kosher and, the and you know, the league, if you want to oh, say they came down. That's a different story, and you are right about okay. that, Anthony. But that's who to blame, not Pierre. Pierre Dorian has nothing to do with the whole suspension gambling aspect of it. That's yeah, but not that he wasn't under contract and in camp. But even yeah. if he was in contract under the camp, he's going to get suspended for gambling anyway. So what's the point? You still have the player signed, so that way he's ready to go. Now you got to okay, wait. So he's still suspended, and then his cap is going to still count because yeah. suspended cap it's going to count. So what does that matter? Ottawa is still in cap right, trouble. Well. If you want to blame him for not moving Matthew Joseph and giving up a first-round draft pick, okay, fine, fine. He's bent over a barrel in that aspect. But do, would you really want to do that to move a young player just to move that cap hit? Because Matthew Joseph is not a negative asset. No. The fact no, that Ottawa is bent over a barrel cap-wise is the problem. And I think, that's where I will yeah. blame Dorian. I, I think if, if Joseph only had one year left on his deal, I think this would have been an easy trade to make. But he's got, he's got two or three. Two or three years left on his contract, so you know, three years at a little over two million for some teams—that's just too rich. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're we're gonna have a little bit of differences of opinions on that. I just I, I don't view Dorian yeah. as this genius that like I, I'm I'm reading about a little bit today. Uh, I don't either. Yeah. So nobody's. I I don't know who's making him out to be a genius. He's not a genius. Yeah. He will get a job soon, though. I tell you, with the work that he's done recently. Yeah, well, hopefully he doesn't lie about anything else and lose another draft pick. That's a big thing too. You can't lose first round draft picks. No, so I mean that, yeah, not that, getting a job anytime soon because of that. That part is surely all on him. All right, guys, let's get to the A block. We're gonna have to go quickly on this one, but the A block, the A block is uh, powered by SeatGeek. Use the promo code Big Apple Hockey twenty dollars off your first order, and it goes with the New York Rangers, who were three and zero last week, wins over Edmonton, Vancouver and Winnipeg, and the New York Islanders, who were 2-0-1, 5 out of 6 points, and they had wins over Columbus and Ottawa. Uh, funny we're mentioning Ottawa plenty of times in this A block. And a great comeback to, to get a point out of Detroit. Could they have gotten to? Sure. Philk, what are your positive and take, uh, negative takeaways from this week? Well, I, I'm going to start with the Rangers. The only thing that I could really point to that was negative was that they were outplayed in the last two games of that trip. I mean, that's that's really it. Otherwise, they were they were firing on all cylinders. Mika Zavanajad got going. Uh, Artemi Panarin had. If if you ask me right now who should win the Hart Trophy, it's Artemi Panarin. And I know you're going to call me a homer and say, "Oh well, Jack Hughes is leading the NHL in scoring." Okay, fine. Jack Hughes is, but Artemi Panarin is the play driver for the Rangers, and the Rangers are the team winning that division right now. The Devils are a leaky team, and Jack Hughes is not a great defensive player. While he's not a slouch, he's not a great one either. Artemi Panarin is playing top-level hockey right now, and he's doing it with two young players on his line, which is just amazing. 
So Peter Laviolette's pushed all the right buttons. If you want coach of the year, it's Peter Laviolette right now for me. Again, call me a homer all you want, but that's the guy right now. Um, I, otherwise, you know what? They looked a little groggy towards the end of that road trip, but Adam Fox is playing Norris caliber hockey again. He's leading all defensemen in scoring. Uh, <laughs> Jonathan Quick, Benoit Allaire is a god. Let's just, just throw that out there right now. We can never doubt this guy ever again because he just does it from time to time to time. We all thought Cook, we all, all three of us, every one of us thought Quick was cooked. Absolutely mm-hmm. cooked. We're, we're, we agree to that, right? Yep. Yep. And yep. what is Jonathan Quick doing? 2 and 0, oh, and he leads the league in save percentage right now. And goals <laughs> against average, if you want to be technical. And that's also why you can't preseason. It's it's hard. It's hard to, you know, come out with with some takes uh, based on preseason hockey because preseason hockey. You like that. I said, Mark, numerous times, it doesn't it doesn't really matter. Personally, for me, it's just about watching how the young guys look and if they're ready. The veterans, a lot of them, just kind of go through the motions in the preseason. So. Um, yeah, well, I mean, Anthony, granted, again, you know, he's he's played two games, so we gotta we gotta lower it a little bit. He's look he's looked good in the games that he's played and the mop up relief that he appeared in. So yes, technically three against Nashville, he looked good. Uh, but we'll see how it continues. But right now, he's he's looking good for sure, no doubt but, about but it. That that's that. Well, here here's what I was gonna get to. You talk about preseason. <clears throat> I said Blake Wheeler was cooked in preseason. He is absolutely cooked. Yep, he needs to sit. Tyler Pitnick needs to come in, and I'm happy that he got his nice, you know, welcome back in Winnipeg. Great, that part's over. Sit this guy. He cannot skate. He is behind the play at all times. He is a negative out there, and that line would be even better if they had someone that could skate on that line on that third line. The Rangers' fourth line is the only other negative, and, and maybe Braden Schneider. If you want to talk about Braden Schneider, so um, this is this is this is interesting because Jay Jay Fresh, who's the analytical guy on on X, um, you know, he basically put up his his chart saying that the Rangers need to be better five on five. So NYR for life um, is on to something here because the Rangers do have to improve their five on five game. They don't though. The three lines are really good. The first three lines are all really good at five on five. It's the fourth line that is horrendous that brings that overall number down. Did you look at the numbers on that fourth line? I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't. Zero offense. (laughs) Yeah, they're like a strictly. I think if I remember your words correctly, Phil, they're strictly defensive on all that. They're like a. They're like a two thousand defensive checking fourth line, where they're just blocking a bunch of shots. They remind me of like. The Rangers HMO line from 2006 and 2007, the Hallweg uh, or uh, Hallweg Moore Ortmeyer line, and how they would just go out there and if they got a goal, you you jump through the ceiling because you didn't expect that from them. All right, but moving on to to the Islanders, Anthony. You look at them 2-0-1 this week. They were quite impressive. Uh, the, the the game against Detroit leave a sour taste in your mouth. You look over and go five out of six points. Just keep them going. Um, I mean, you listen, anytime you, you lose a, uh, you know, a two nothing lead, you're, you're never, you're never happy. Uh, but on the flip side of that, 
you know, their power play actually came through when it was needed and tied the game with two minutes left. So it's like, you know, they, they went from winning to it looks like where they're going to get no points and then they scored a big goal and secured a point. So it's kind of a little bit of both. Um, but the circle, if you, if you, you know, for the Islander world here, a lot of, a lot of the talk is on Lane Lambert and just him right now, not being a good coach and pushing the right buttons because um, a lot of the, the, the decisions he's making is a little bit of a head scratcher. It was two nothing game. The Islanders are completely controlling the play and he opted to take Barzell off the top line um, to get the third line going and put Wallstrom back up on the first line. And and then after they made that switch, you know, Detroit turned the momentum. And it's just – they didn't lose the game because of that. But the point is he's constantly making decisions in his coaching style that, you know, leave you wondering, like, why, why would you do that at that point? You, you have the game in play. There's no need to mess with any of your lines or mess with any of your chemistry. But um, he's he seems like he's a guy that doesn't really have his finger on the pulse right now. Um, I know the players on the ice determine the outcome of the game, but I think it's, you know, his job to kind of settle them down in certain situations. And um, they're just making some uncharacteristic mistakes um, and showing lapses that I I don't like. But uh, you are right, though, Mark. They had a good week, 2-0-1 overall, you know, 4-2-2. So you can't you can't be too upset with the team right now. You know, they're they're right there. Um, I really like how Noah Dobson's producing offensively. He's got, he's got nine points, uh, you know, so he's up there amongst the, you know, top 10 in defenseman scoring. Um, you know, this is a guy that we we were talking about earlier in the off season, if he could take the next step and be even more than a 50 point defenseman. Um, and on the offensive side of things, he's early on, he's certainly showing that he can because the way he's producing right now, I like his game. He's confident in his own end. I mean, that's another story. He's still got things to clean up. But uh, that game, not the last game against Detroit, the game prior to that, he played the best game I've ever seen him play in both ends of the ice. And I said in our group chat, that's what he needs to do more consistently, and he'll be a truly elite defenseman. So if he can have more nights like that, the Islanders will be in good shape. But uh, I like how he's going. Kyle Palmieri, surprisingly, is producing for them. So that's big for secondary scoring. Um, he was at a point per game prior to the last game. I don't know if he still is, but he might be close to it. No, um, he's uh, seven points in eight games now. Okay. Um, but he's going, he's producing, you know, Horvat and Nelson, sorry, Horvat and Barzell. They're, you know, they're buzzing out there. They're getting their chances. Horvat's scoring. So all that's good. I, I still want to see him clean up the defensive side of the game because, I mean, the mis- the mistakes they're making and leaving Sorokin out to dry where the guy has to make a Gumby save, that, that save – uh, he made on DeBrinket in overtime before Detroit ultimately scored. I mean, I thought that was in the net, and he got across and got his pad on it. But the fact that they're giving up these chances and he's constantly having to bail them out, it's not really sustainable. Um, and then what did you see later in the game? Horvat turned the puck over, um, play goes the other way, and Dobson drops to his feet, which I'm a proponent of. you got to stay on your feet. When you go to the ground, you're taking yourself out of the play. He went on the ground. Pass beat him, and then it was an empty net tap in for for Raymond. So um, they just need to be better with the puck and take take better care of the puck in their own zone. But uh, again, overall four two and two, I'll take it to start the year. Phil, last thought on the Islanders. What do you think? Still leaky defensively. I don't like the. Fa- I mean, as much as you you like the fact that Dobson's scoring, you don't like the fact that he's leading the team in scoring with nine points. Uh, I mean. You, you you want more out of your other guys. Anders Lee, two points. Mm-hmm. 
not good enough. John Gabriel Pajot, two points, no goals, not good enough. Um, I, I could go down this lineup and just tell you a bunch of guys who really need to kind of like step their play up here. Um, you need more from Brock Nelson. Four goals in eight games is nice, but five points? That's a guy that should have seven, eight points right now. Should be close to a point-per-game player. Uh, you're, you're getting uh, you're getting decently, oddly enough, a lot out of Casey Zizekas, who's got four points in eight games. but And Cal Clutterbuck, same thing, both two goals, four points. But you want more out of Pierre Engvall, who's playing in a top-six role. Bo Horvat's been a nice surprise. But, again, Anders Lee, you need more of, and you need more scoring otherwise. So, um, Islanders just need to kind of shake, uh, you know, kind of get everything together in their own end figure that part of it out and stop having Ilya Sorokin bail them out 17 times a night because the, the chances they're giving up are just unacceptable for them. And he is bailing them out a lot. I mean, just with the, uh, the game Tuesday night against the avalanche, he made two or three saves that you looked over. He was like, how the hell does he, he manage to do that? Uh, we, uh, John hesitate a little bit on that. I think um, Andrews Lee is going to score 28 goals. I say that because he scores 28 goals almost every single year. So just don't worry yeah, about but that. He, I don't know this year. You know, he's he's playing on the third line with Pajot, um, who's not really producing a lot of offense right now. Um, and then he's on the second power play unit now, whereas in years past he's been on the first power play unit. So, um, you know, we'll – We'll see. Uh, he did reunite Barzell, Horvat, and Lee the other night, so we'll see if that sticks. But um, I'm hopeful. But yeah, he he needs to show more though right now because he's not getting enough. Simply yeah. Play. And as it were being mentioned right there, everybody, make sure you are leaving a like if you are not subscribed. Make sure you subscribe. We got a lot of good hockey content, and we're only making more. The like uh, my visit to Arizona coming soon. I went to uh, Mullwood Arena, so. Uh, let's the yeah. Well, it was, it was I, a fantastic Mule. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, guys, we're going to take a quick moment for DraftKings and in honor of Halloween, we're going to do some NHL trick or treats. Hockey fans light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot and an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sports app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Calm down. Get a hook. Doctor, you want another phone? Chill. Simmer down now. I'm freaking out. We're going to work on a new segment for that, a new opening, but right now, this is just what we got. I figured throwing under the uh, our impulsive reactions, because NHL tricks or treats, we're going to be going over some things that have been happening in the league, maybe some trends. Is it a trick or is it a treat? We're going to, and we're going to start with the Anaheim Ducks. Frank Vetrano has got nine goals so far 
Anthony, is it a trick or a treat? I mean, it's it's a trick. Um, I, I will say, I, I think Vertrano has found a home in Anaheim. I think, you know, he certainly could be a guy that scores 20 goals for them. Um, you know, maybe maybe even 25, but at, he's scoring at a torrid pace right now. I mean, you're talking, you know, over 50. Uh, so uh, that's he's not going to continue. That's not going to continue. Um, but I do, I do like him. I think he's a solid player, but it's a trick. Phil, what do you think? Absolutely a trick. He's shooting at 29% right now and has nine goals in nine games. He's had two hat tricks in the span of a week. It's obviously a trick. Good player. Would love to have him back in New York at the right price. He's going to fetch a pretty penny if Anaheim decides to deal him by the deadline. But I'll tell you right now, this is not sustainable. Alexander Ovechkin, career high in shooting percentage, 15.4% in the 2019-20 season. 15.4. That's the greatest goal scorer ever right there. So, no, this is absolutely a trick. And I'm going to go make it a hat trick of tricks, guys, because it is a trick. And it's, look, Frank Vetrano, man, this guy has got a lot of talent. He could really shoot the puck. He could shoot the puck through the net. But no, it's, it's definitely so. a trick. He's high, career high in goals, 24. Maybe he gets a 30 this year. I certainly hope so. I don't think he's going for the rocket unless um he's going to channel his inner Jonathan Chichu, and he would still need Joe Thornton to pass him the puck on that one. Yeah. All right. The Carolina Hurricanes, their goalies, all of them combined, 858 save percentage. Filk, is this a trick or a treat? This is also a trick. Uh, I can't see Anderson being this bad for so long. Kachetkov is actually a decent goalie, too. Um, Ranta, hurt, whatever. But uh, this this is not going to stay like this. Maybe Freddie Anderson isn't posting a 920 save percentage this year. Maybe, maybe he doesn't even reach 915. But I, I still think he probably gets to about 91%. Um, I do wonder about that team, though, with Brett Pesci being out long-term. That does hurt things a lot. Anthony, what do you think? Is this a trick or a treat? Yeah, this this is a trick. Uh, this is a team that uncharacteristically has struggled um, with their defensive play. I mean, that's not what Ron, what, with Rod Brindamore is about. Um, you know, he they're going to get this turned around. I'm, I'm pretty confident of that. It's a trick. Barring a line from Ranger Central in the chat, this is a layup trick yet again, and really a hat trick because, look, it's Rod Brindamore. I'll put my faith in Rod Brindamore. The save percentages go up. Now, when it gets to the playoffs, I'm not sure if I'm going to be exactly comfortable with those three goalies playing the way they are right now. They will get a little bit better. The Detroit Red Wings, they have Dylan Larkin, fourth in the NHL in scoring. He's got 15 points. Trick or a treat? Guys, you know what? Something's different about Dylan Larkin this year. I'm actually going to go treat on this because I think Dylan Larkin, he's just he's playing really well. Do I think he's going to be fourth in scoring? No, but I think he's going to be – he's going to make some noise in the scoring race. Philk, what do you think? I wish there was a middle ground option for this because it's not a trick. But it's also not a treat. I don't I don't see him scoring 100 points. But if you told me that Dylan Larkin would end this season around 85 points, I wouldn't be shocked. This line is arguably the best line in hockey right now 
with him, uh, Raymond, and uh, to break it. So uh, I, I'm for the for the game itself. I, I'm gonna go treat just because I, I I don't think that this is something that's just gonna completely fall off. Yeah, if it was bar talk, it's an easy beer. So that's a good thing about having two options. You're forced into this one. Uh, Anthony, which one do you think? Um, I'm going to go treat. I mean, this is a guy that has a high, that came from high pedigree. He had 79 points last year. I mean, this isn't the case of, again, Frank Vetrano having nine goals. Dylan Larkin is a very skilled player. Um, and he's, and he's had a really good year. So I'm not saying he's score a hundred points, but I, I still think this is a treat. Um, he's, he's a good player. Well, speaking about a middle ground, maybe that could have helped out on this one because look at the best team in the Easter Conference right now. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I got my head cold. Come on. I, I was laughing at the other comment, Scott, the one that said, uh, hold on, it, it, okay, I have to find it now. Uh, why, why is Mark still wearing his Halloween mask? Oh, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> All right. Um, but let's look at the best team in the Easter Conference right now, the Boston Bruins, 8-0-1. Anthony, is this a trick or a treat? Um, <clears throat> I, I think it's, you know, it's almost 10 games in. I think it's enough of a sample size to say like, okay, well, you know, maybe we're, we were a little bit wrong about them not being good. But with that said, um, I'm still going to say trick though, because again, the majority of their teams they've beat, um, have been bad teams. You know, like I said, they beat Chicago twice. Um, you know, they've, they actually lost to Anaheim the second time they played them, but they beat Anaheim. They beat San Jose. Um, they haven't been playing very, you know, good teams. I mean, their their most impressive win was probably either the the Kings, I guess, or or maybe or maybe the Panthers. I think they played the Panthers recently. Um, so, uh, I I, I want to see them, you know, kind of you know consistently start to play some better opponents and and see what their record is, but. I mean, you can't, you don't want to be a hater. You can't deny eight zero and one is great. Uh, I still yeah. just think this is a little bit of a trick. Phil, what do you think? Why does Anthony have to go first and say all the things that I want to say? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it, it, look at their schedule. It just, they beat Chicago. Okay. Nashville may be a better team than we all thought, but they beat them and Nashville wasn't slated to be a good team. San Jose garbage. They're still winless. L.A. was probably their best one in the season. They beat Florida in overtime. They beat Detroit four to one. Actually, Detroit might be their yeah. best game of the uh, season. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, they, they beat a good Detroit team. Detroit's proving to be a pretty good team so far. So um, they beat like one or two good teams, and the rest of the teams that they've played are pretty weak. So uh, I, I'm not totally sold on this yet. I'm going to say trick. Uh I again, I wish I had a middle ground on this one, but it's going to force me on something. I'm going to have to go treat right now. And that's just because I'm with you guys. I want to see more out of them, but I think they set the blueprint for what they're going to do. They're going to be a low scoring team that will beat you defensively all day. And if that's what their blueprint is, that's what they're going to try to win with. Uh, it might just work. Yeah. Pastor knocking 14 points already. So, yeah. Yeah. And also, guys, the last one. Another team that off to a good start, the Vancouver Canucks, 6-2-1. and one. Filk, trick or treat? Anthony can't take your answer now. <laughs> I'm going to have to say treat. Something about this team looks different in the way that they're playing their games. 
I mean, they battled the Rangers. And, yeah, the Rangers, I know, I said they did, they were groggy. They looked like they were at the end of a road trip. But they battled the Rangers. I watched them again last night, and they were playing Nashville. Nashville played them hard. They played them real hard, and they battled in that game. Those two teams absolutely went at each other tooth and nail. So uh, I, I think Vancouver may be for real. And uh, Elias Pettersson may not be going anywhere anytime soon because he might see the progress that they want to see in order to keep him. Anthony, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to go treat too. Um, I like, I like what I see out of him. Uh, I think Pedersen's poised to have another monster year following up his, you know, hundred point year last year. Um, you know, Rick Tockett has a fresh start, you know, with a, you know, new startup team fresh from camp right off the get go. I think he's earned their respect. I think he has the room. Um, and they got other good pieces, you know, Quinn Hughes playing well, JT Miller, um, you know, they, they Kuzmenko, they got good pieces, and I think it's kind of starting to come together for them. Uh, guys are going to treat all the way. They were my surprise team going into the, the season. I said that they were going to be the last team to get into the playoffs, and you know what? I'm going to go with that. Healthy Thatcher Demko, uh, Elias Pettersson playing on a, a extremely high level. He's up there with the league leaders in scoring. And I want to put a question for this. We'll discuss it at the time. Quinn Hughes, he just might be throwing his hat into the ring for the Norris Trophy. So that is it for our tricks or treats, guys. What do you think about them? And did you have some of your own? We'll see if we can get some of those in the <clears> comments <throat> later, although we are very pressed for time today. And let's go do some bar talk. Shot. This is the easiest cyber to answer. Let me say beer. I can't even begin to describe I'm actually going to go crazy. I'm going to buy everybody around on this one. And welcome back, everybody, to Big Apple Hockey's Bar Talk, where we are gauging our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. Are you so confident that you're buying everybody around? So, so, I'll have a beer. Oh, God. I need a shot. And <laughs> <laughs> back to the layup talk. Well, you know what? You, you know what? Ranger Central Core, you're going to have one coming at you and we, we'll have the fastest bar talk that's how much of a layup it is the fastest question. <laughs> this, this one. no 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 I, i'm not using that one no 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 <laughs> you guys are playing along in the comments down below and uh and also why go to the liquor store where you can make a drizzly nights order it now uh i actually had a promo code for you but Click the link down below. And don't forget the Big Apple Hockey shirts and hats that are available. Are you guys ready for the fastest bar talk topic we will ever have? Jonathan Quick <laughs> allowed one goal in three appearances. Jonathan Quick has, uh, Quick has solidified the Rangers' backup position. Go, Philk. Press the damn button. <laughs> Since we all agreed on it in the beginning, we'll just skip right ahead to another guy that we mentioned in the beginning. Mr. LaRocco, Noah Dobson, two goals, seven assists this season, and the young Islander defenseman will crack 60 points. Uh, yeah, so his nine points um, is two points shy of the, you know, the lead in, in Hughes and Fox with 11. Um, I think this is, you know, 23 years old. I think this is a natural progression of, of a kid who's getting more confident offensively with the puck. Um you know, I, I see no reason why he, he, he doesn't hit 60. So, um, you know, I, I'm I'm going to say around here. 
All right, Phil, what do you think? Noah Dobson, 60 points. I want to say round. I'm not entirely sure. Um, it's a real good start. He looks better. He looks like he's even more confident with the puck than he's been in previous years. Um, I think Anthony may be right about the the progression and the trajectory of his play. Um, so I want to say round, but I, I can't fully say it with conviction. So I'm only going to say beer. And I'm just going to go with the simple math. We're 10 games in. And uh, if at that, only one team has played 10 games. So uh, really, you got um, – there's, there's plenty more left to go in the season. I forgot to do the rest of the math on it. I think there's 72 <laughs> games to go, 73 games. So uh, I'm going to say in those 73 games, he can manage to get uh, 51 points. He'll get the 60 points. So I'm going to I'm gonna go with this and say cheers. Although, Islanders, they better keep bringing that offense – if it gets to that January swoon that they had last year, he's going to have no shot at it. All right, guys, Nicholas Backstrom is going to step away from the team for health concerns right now. Nicholas Backstrom, if he retires and doesn't play another game, is a Hockey Hall of Famer. Bilk? Beer. Um, I, I look at his numbers. He's just short of a point per game for his career. Uh, he cracked the 1,000-point mark. Um, one of the better Swedish players of all time, so I do think that's going to work in his favor. Two world championship gold medals, uh, a silver medal in Sochi in uh, 2014. I, I really just wonder about you know him not having any individual accomplishments. There's no Calder Trophy. There's no Hart Trophy. He has a 100-point season. And he honestly, he was never really among the game's elite like the Sedins were. The Sedins were considered among the games the elite for a while. Bastrom was never really considered that way. And I know a lot of people look at him as a beneficiary of having Alex Ovechkin on his wing. Not really big goal-scoring season from him. More of a playmaker. Um, had some Selkie finishes where it was around like 10 or so, 10 to 15. But not, not one of the best two-way players. So... Uh, I got to say beer. I think the gold medals in the world championships and the silver medal in Sochi will probably end up getting him in. But I I have to agree with this here. If Vincent Danfoos isn't one, why is Nicholas back from one? That, that to me is – that's what I want to know. Yeah, Vinny Danfoos certainly up there uh, as, as a great player. Anthony, what do you think? Back you get in? I mean, I think the, the you know the simple the simple answer here is is beer. Um, you know, he, he does have the you know crack the century mark in points. Got over a thousand points, like Phil said, near point per game, somewhat close. Um, Stanley Cup, he has some international success. I guess it depends on you know how they and how they want to look at it. I mean, there's a guy that had five sixty point. 60 assist seasons, a bunch of other 50 plus assist seasons. Um, you know, in the prime of his career, I would say he was probably top five in the league in like setup men. I mean, Crosby, Sedin, some other guys. I mean, Backstrom is, was one of the best passers uh, in the league, like I said, when he was in his prime. Um, it's close. It's close. Like I said, he doesn't have any individual hardware, um, but he does have the points on his side and he's got a cup. So, 
I mean, maybe being linked to Ovechkin could help him. Maybe silly as that sounds, I, I don't know, but uh, I can't say for sure he gets in. So I, I gotta say beer here. I'll, I'll be the one that goes definitive on this guys. I think he ends up just making it. And that's why I'm going to go with a round on this one. I think he's going to have just enough international stuff, just enough points. He's going to make it off of um, Ovechkin's coattails a little bit. Not that he's not a great player. We're, we all think Nick Backstrom is a great player. I just think that when it comes to him, he's good with the media. He's got a great personality. You've seen it in all those commercials. Like that um, Mass Mutual commercial was hilarious with him and Ovechkin. Uh, this guy, he's got a good relationship with the media, and that helps. I would say if he's borderline, that would push him over the top. That's just well, I got to ask you this: if if does does Ryan Getzloff gets in because he has similar point totals, Stanley Cup, no individual hardware and gold medals. That's, Don't forget that. that yeah, that, that's the type well, of player he, that it's. He's got two gold medals, Ryan Getzloff. <clears throat> yeah, and don't forget his World Juniors. Yeah. Like so he was good I, in World I think Ryan Getzlaff will probably get in on the account of having more, more gold medals. Um, that I do think Backstrom will eventually get in because of the fact that he has those two World Championship gold medals and the silver medal at Sochi. So, well, on top of that, he was able to play behind the greatest goaltender of all time. I don't want to say his name because obviously, you know, uh, when he was when he was playing in international competition, because I don't want to sound like I'm slamming Carey Price. Anyway, um, going over to Alex Debrinket, tied for the league lead in goals with nine. Anthony, Phil, uh, Anthony, Alex Debrinket will score fifty goals this season. Um, well, he scored four or forty twice. Um, so he has the pedigree. Again, this isn't Frank Petrano here we're talking about. Uh, what a career 24 goals. Yeah, you know, um, ah, you know what? What the hell? Uh, I'll, I'll say round. Um, All right. Uh, he's like, he's, he's a really good player. He's, you know, he's maybe you call him reinvigorated, not getting out of Ottawa. He's playing for where he wanted to be, his hometown. Seems like he has great chemistry with Larkin, Detroit's a little more of an exciting team this year. He's going to get all the opportunities, prime minutes. So, I mean, why not? When you shoot the puck the way he does, uh, you certainly have a chance. Falk, what do you think? I'm going to go beer. Um, I I do think it's very possible that he does it. I can't definitively say it, though. Uh, Just with that line, though, that line is playing some great, great hockey. The only thing that I don't like about that line is that they can be – those players can be a little perimeter at times. And I I wonder when they start facing some tough teams and, you know, they they start playing some tight-checking physical teams, how they react to that style of play. So far, they've they've been well with it. But – I, I really do wonder. And, uh, and not only that, another thing that actually works in their favor is that Moritz Sider is one of the top scoring defensemen in the NHL right now. He's close to a point per game. So with him taking that next step offensively, that actually helps to break it as well because they, they're all together on that power play. Mm-hmm. So I, I wonder I wonder how these trends go 
And if they continue, then yeah, it's definitely very possible that he does it, but I can't say any of that for sure right now. So I can only go with beer. Uh, if I originally thought about asking this for 40, I thought that was too much of a layup. Yeah, yeah that was a layup. Yeah, that's a layup, bud. Guys, I gotta go 50. I gotta I'm I'm buying rounds for everybody right now tonight. I won't be at work. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> uh well, technically I will. There are buybacks, but um <laughs> The uh, I just I just don't know. I I I think I you got to project that out with injuries and stuff like that. He started off hot and then really hasn't done much for the last week. I hope he does. I actually hope he does do it. But uh, I am gonna say that I I do think he will do it, and I'll say it like that. Guys, the Anaheim Ducks have actually played really well. They've won four in a row. Uh, they're now five and four in the Pacific. And they've beaten some pretty good teams like the Boston Bruins and uh, <coughs> Pittsburgh. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 it was hard for me to say the words "good team" right now because I really want to. I really want to stay away from slamming them for a week, guys. The Ducks are a playoff contender, Mister Fokowski. I'm gonna say shock. I, I don't think they're there yet. I, I, I like the makeup of the team and I like the direction that the team is going in, but I, I don't, I Mason McTavish has 11 points so far. You're going to, and so does Ryan. You're telling me that's going to, that's going to continue. Frank Retrato obviously talked about him nine goals already in 10 points in nine games, it's shooting 29%. Mason McTavish is shooting 20% right now. I, I just don't think either of that and Ryan Strome at this point are sustainable numbers. Uh, Pavel Minyakov, rookie defenseman, looks really good so yes, far. He does. Yes, uh, he does. I really like his play. Very, very, very happy with him. Uh, Troy Terry needs to pick up the goal-scoring slack, so that's something that could go in their favor. But uh, I, I don't like what I'm seeing so far in terms of like numbers that I think are sustainable with this team. So, no, but – I think next year they make a couple of my right moves in the offseason, bring in some guys. They could definitely make the playoffs next year. Anthony, what do you think? You know, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go beer. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, right now, very early on, but they're in the first wild card spot. Arizona's second behind them. But take but take a look at the teams out of the playoff picture right now chasing them. Nashville, Minnesota, Seattle, St. Louis, Chicago, Edmonton, Calgary, San Jose. Guys, a lot of those teams are, you know, are flawed as well. That you 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 could look at any one of those teams and you could be like, well, you know, their goaltending isn't good. They're just simply not good. Or, you know, they can't score. Like all these teams have have some flaws. Like St. Louis, we all know about them. You know, mm-hmm. Seattle's kind of looking like maybe they were one hit wonder. You know, Calgary and Edmonton are, are struggling out of the gate. Obviously, you know, San Jose and Chicago are dreadful. You know, Nashville and, and Minnesota are kind of like, eh, you really don't know which way they're going to go. So I think they have a chance just based on, again, right now it's early, but a lot of the teams in the West just kind of look, eh. So, you know, if these young kids full of, you know, youth and, and speed can, can you know, can – keep this up and, you know, make it make close that they'll at least have a shot. So that's why I'm going to go beer. I am. I'm going to go beer as well. Cause I am kind of sold 
a little bit on this Leo Carlson uh, conditioning or whatever they're doing with him. Every other game he takes off, and they're oh, hoping man, to turn him. Yeah, they're they're hoping to turn him loose in this in the second half. Uh, so that looks good. John Gibson was making saves last week, and his numbers were facing the shooter. So <laughs> that's that's stuff that doesn't normally happen. Um. <laughs> Well, yeah, what Sam will be possibly, okay. Bunch of young players coached by David Quinn. What could possibly go wrong? What couldn't uh, go wrong is what you meant to say. Oh, yeah. Well, sorry, I was reading it quickly for the audience. No, no, no. I know. I meant for Pete, not you. <laughs> um, okay, uh, but you got to look at this, and you know, if if the extra players lengthen their lineup, they could be good. Maybe Radko Gudis is bringing some experience that he had with Florida, making everybody a little bit more positive. You know, they might challenge for a playoff spot, but they're they're also they're not trying to. So if they go on a skid, they're that won't be so bad. They're still about tenth in the league in uh most shots or most saves against per game. So we'll see about that one. Uh hopefully hopefully they can keep this going. Hey guys, did you know that the uh the Heritage Classic was this weekend? Because uh I don't think anybody else did south of the border. In NHL, she could discontinue the Heritage Classic. Uh, Anthony, I'll start with you on this. I mean, shot. I'm pretty indifferent about it. I think I think people in Canada obviously like it, you know. So it's it's an annual thing that they do for the Canadian teams, you know, in late October, early November. Um, I mean. No skin off my back. I mean, it doesn't bother me that maybe it doesn't get a lot of recognition. They just keep doing it. Phil, what do you think? I'm going to say shot just because I don't think it's a good idea to discontinue an outdoor game. I, I just think they need to do a better job at at advertising it and promoting it. Um the, the thing is, is that it's always going to be tough for them to get a bunch of eyes on this game unless you have somebody that's larger than life, you know, playing in that game. And you mean like Connor McDavid? have a player that comes close to that in Connor McDavid, but he's got a questionable personality for that. And he is kind of having a pedestrian type season. I mean, it's only on pace for 123 points. <laughs> So, I mean, nine points in six games, it's pedestrian for Connor McDavid right now. But, I mean, he came back for the game. Edmonton won. They scored five goals. And it, it, that's why I was kind of thinking about that that one before with Anaheim. Do we really think that Edmonton is just going to continue to stay down where they are with McDavid coming back early? I, I mean, I don't, I, I don't think so. But um, you need to not do it on a Sunday night where there's football mm-hmm. going on. It needs to be done on a different night if you're going to do it during football season. And that's what I said about the Frozen Frenzy. Frozen mm-hmm. Frenzy needs to be on a weekend when football season, both college and NFL, are done. So, And look, the Frozen Frenzy was a complete success. Yeah. Uh, so let me, start, let me start with this, though. Uh, I'm going to go shots. I'm going to go right there with you guys. So it's a hat trick of shots, guys, because – no, it's it's meant more for north of the border. That's one thing. But the other part of it is, you know, they really just need to move it to, say, December or maybe even February. I, I have 
have the outdoor games never go up against football. They moved the winter. The problem is, you know how cold, you know how cold it's going to be in in Alberta in February. As it is, it was it was freezing in you know October. They can't. There's no way they could do the Heritage Classic. So then there needs to be a weeknight in February. Yeah, then do it on a Wednesday night. Yeah, then it needs to be a weeknight. Yeah. It was already a TNT game because Jackie Redman interviewed uh, Conor McDavid at the end. Uh, I agree with this. It should have been done on a Friday night. Why? Friday why night too. I mean, what are you competing against? Uh, yeah. WWE uh, SmackDown? Yeah, or uh, just – I was going to say like uh, uh, Division Two college. That's what I was thinking. But words wouldn't come out of my mouth. Or is it uh, – I always forget what they call those – like secondary college teams. Guys, we actually made great time, so let's throw this one out there, which is um, Quinn Hughes has 11 points and leading the NHL in in that category. Quinn Hughes is a Norris Trophy candidate, and the guys I alluded to in the A block, I'm going to put him, he's he's right there right now, and he's going to make that candidacy all year. Let's, Let's see if he can keep it going. Wouldn't it be great if Jack won the MVP and Quinn won the Norris? Just you know, thoughts, Phil. I, I gotta, I gotta hop off to get Ella, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Oh, I gotta, Anthony, quick answer that. Um, uh, real quickly though, um, I mean it's too early. I, I, I mean right now his points are there. Uh, I'll say beer, um, but if you know Vancouver is a playoff team, you know, and he could be at a, I don't know, eighty point level. Um, I think he might get some consideration. All right, take care, Anthony. Right, see you later, guys. I keep saying one day we'll be making a sitcom about Anthony balancing being a hockey writer and a dad all the time. Phil, what do you think? I'm going to have to go with beer here. I, I I don't think he's good enough defensively. And honestly, I, I think he's going to have to be like an 85 point defenseman. I mean, his defensive game looks like it's better. I don't know how much better it actually is. Um, but yeah, to this point, no, that would not be cool. And I, I don't know why you would ask Ranger fans that question. Well, no. I mean, obviously, you know, as, as a Ranger fan, you'd want to see that. So, no, so, uh, uh, I, I, I don't have to go beer. This is way too early. I mean, yeah, if he, if the season ended today, yes, but it doesn't. So, <laughs> all right. So there you go. And, guys, that is the end of Big Apple Hockey's Bar Talk with one extreme layup to begin. So there you go, Rangers oh. Central and Core. And um, that about covers that. Uh, we have about maybe five more minutes in case if you guys want to throw in any questions and um, see if, any, if there's any comments in there. This actually was one of our fastest-moving shows ever. Ever, yeah. And yes, always. Jackie Redman for the win. That is, yeah, unquestionable. <laughs> Go always, I, Jackie Redman. I, I do, I do agree with um, Canadians don't care about the weather. And as Core brought up, that the Leafs and Sabers had won in March and it worked. Um, I just, I just always want to see this game be marketed right. And yeah, absolutely. What are your thoughts on Connor Bedard so far, Phil? Uh, yeah, I assume that means Bedard. Um, 
I mean, he looks good. He looks good. Um, maybe, maybe he might not be the point per game player that you know, some of us thought. But he's got four goals and six points through nine games. Um, he's had some pretty big goals for them so far too. And I, I like what I'm seeing. And he's doing quite a bit considering that he doesn't really have any talent around him. And I think Taylor Hall is out right now. So yep. um, that's not good. And he's still producing. Yeah, Taylor Hall has only played five games, so he's out right now. But um, his shot is it's, – it's elite tier level already. Like, he is an elite NHL shooter. That's how good this kid is. So he's only gonna he's only gonna get better as this season goes along. I mean, do I think that there's a possibility that he hits a rookie wall? Yeah, sure. The schedule might get to him. The fact that he doesn't have the talent around him might get to him. But I I, I think he's playing really well so far. Um, are we ready for Showtime on Broadway Part Two? I have not heard anything from people that I know from and I'm actually just going to check something right now just to make sure I didn't get a response there from somebody that I talked to um no no response yet I actually think and and look I I maintain what I've said all along that right now there's no place to put him yeah there is it's called Blake Wheeler to the uh to the waivers but then wouldn't you think Brennan Obman would would be there no, because you let Brandon Hoffman develop at Hartford. And, and not only that, but um, Avery Zaretsky, who actually really got the Patrick Kane rumors going last year. And, like, when it started getting closer, he was the one that had everything before everybody else did. He's starting to float stuff out there again. He obviously knows something. He's got well, it. I mean, obviously, Kane has a mutual interest with the Rangers. Yeah, and we want to see what they could possibly do. Not only that, but Capo Caco doesn't seem to be con- uh, contributing on that line. And I was hoping that he would come up and really start progressing. That hasn't happened. Blake Wheeler has not been good at all. He's been yeah. horrendous. He's he needs to he needs to sit. So you're not bringing up Brennan Othman right now. You're letting him marinate because they're not going to blow off a year of his ELC right now. It's not going to happen. So everybody that's asking for Brennan Hoffman by the end of the year, yeah, I don't think that's happening. I really don't. La- you know, yes, yeah, Slap is improving, and he's a good part of that line. That line is playing very well right now because of Panarin and Lafreniere. Has you've seen the consistency in his game improve? So, um, yeah, yeah, I, I say this is really a good comment right here. If you know if the Rangers continue to lose a couple with Wheeler, you know continuing to kind of like hurt them at times, then you could see him out of the lineup eventually. I think once Kane comes back, I think he's the guy. Well, I think right now the target's squarely on him because he's making X amount of dollars. It's uh, eight, I think it's eight forty-five or eight fifty. It's not really all that much. It was worth the risk to try him out in the preseason. He looked okay at times with the numbers he was putting up but he didn't look great so i just don't know i just don't know about that now i know what what course saying right here we all ask for the rangers to be patient with their prospects and now we want to rush Othman. look they, the rangers should have been patient with their prospects years ago 
But instead, David Quinn decided to bench Capococco for two months. And uh, same thing with Lafreniere. Lafreniere was up and down the lineup. Now it's like, I just, I just wonder, I just wonder what's going to happen with them. And I don't know. Hopefully, they can all snap out. They can get something out of them. I'm asking, can they get something out of the number one and number two overall pick? That's I can't believe I even asked that. Maybe Capococco was more fitted for a third line. Yeah, Kane is uh, Kane is just another option. Nothing wrong with that. You just don't you don't need to be a superstar. We just need to be more solid. But my question on that is is what uh, Davis bringing up right here. Any concern with the possibility uh, with Kane returning, considering what happened with Backstrom? And that's very true. It's the same surgery, but who else had the surgery? Uh, Brad Martian had uh, Brad and Mark. Brad Marshan had it right. I believe so. I'm not 110% sure on that, but I, I hate this Backstrom parallel just because they had surgery. And I said that to you a couple of weeks ago. Backstrom was declining well before that hit. Well mm-hmm. before. And the numbers, and not only that, but Nicholas Backstrom was nowhere ever near as good as Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane had a bad hip and was still playing as good as Nicholas Backstrom was, if not better, actually better last year. Patrick Kane put up six points in seven games in the playoffs on a bad hit. Yeah. Just imagine what Patrick Kane would come back and and do if he comes back with the Rangers and he's healthy. Randy's saying Marshan and Wilson both had the hips done. Brandon Marshawn. I mean, Jesus, how the hell did that one come out? Uh, All right. Guys, unfortunately, I got to cut it off a little bit early. I'll have some shorts on there for you. I, As I mentioned before, I just took – a visit to um, Mullet Arena, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, it's actually, everything I said you could do with that, where you could sell that as as just a luxury arena, and basically is what it is. You can do, you don't have a bad seat in the house, so and you might be paying 120 dollars a ticket, but they don't care, and they have good fans. They have good fans that are there going to the, every single game. You better be able to draw five thousand. And Matt is saying, but Wheeler is taking up a spot at this point. He was at fault the first Jets goal, turned over the puck, and didn't back check. Wheeler's not known for his defense, guys. So, and David, they may not need to do what they did last year to get Kane. Because I, I think Kane is not only that, Kane is on a different contract, or be on a different contract, I should say, from what he was last year. And not only that, but I think if the Rangers are showing interest and they're in there, I think they believe that they'll be able to sign him for very cheap. So my only question is, if this power play is clicking the way it is, does King go in there and say, "I'm going on the top line"? Because then the answer for me would be no. And it's like, uh, why back. wouldn't you put King with Zavanajad and Kreider at this point? Capo Caco is not really giving them anything there. Well, I meant I meant go on the top power play. In it. No, I don't think I don't think you put Patrick Kane there. I, I I think you just let that power play cook with what it is, and then Kane goes on the power play two. Power play two needs help anyway. Yeah, they need exactly. a zone entry guy. Patrick Kane could be a zone entry guy for them. Also, Phil, I think we're also asking a lot from a guy coming back from hip resurfacing right away. I I just I, I think I, I think that fans gotta understand. That, that guy you think Patrick Kane is might be gone or it won't be here 
for at least another year. That guy, he doesn't have to be that guy. I said that last year. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. He was last year. That's it. He just had to be the guy. All right. Guys, once again, thanks for joining us this week on the show. Because obviously, we always love to talk. If you feel like having some wings, go down to Boss Burgers tonight. Uh, the 40 cent wings, and uh, I believe it's we also have tacos that are available tonight, too. Uh, chicken or beef, you know, uh, two dollar tacos, I think that is. So, come on down, I'll be slinging drinks till 4 a.m., and then tomorrow I'm going to be golfing at Mill Pond, so I can't wait for that. Right before the Ranger game, that I I, I can't wait to watch uh, that and also come back for some good cooking from my fiance. Bilk, what are you doing uh, tonight? Uh, not sure. I was possibly supposed to be going to the gym. I may not do that. I may go hang out with a friend and watch AEW. Nice. And I as well. I got to get back to the gym. But, uh, yeah. All right, guys. Thank you very much once again for joining us. I, I can't say it enough. Have a good night. <laughs>